Section 25 of A Minor War History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. A Minor War History by Martin Alonzo Haynes. Letter 73. Camp near Alexandria. Virginia, October the 30th, 1862. Five minutes ago I received a letter addressed in your familiar hand. Four minutes and fifty-nine seconds ago I tore open the envelope. I extracted, first, a note, which I supposed you had enclosed from Mary. I opened it. Dear brother, stared me full in the face. The note surely was not for me, but for Brother James. Just your carelessness, sending it with the wrong letter. I unfolded your letter, and what? Dear brother, there it was again. The whole huge joke was clear. I hope James was not as grievously disappointed when he got my letter, as I was when I got his. I return it, unread, if not unopened. Letter 74 Manassas, Virginia, November the 4th, 1862. We are once more out here at famous old Manassas. We left Alexandria Saturday afternoon, marching eight or nine miles in the direction of Fairfax Courthouse. Sunday we got in 17 miles and camped by the side of Bull Run Creek. Yesterday forenoon we marched up here, about three miles, and by night had our canvas city of little shelter tents set up and in good running order. Bill Ramsdell and I hitched up together, and we have got as cosy and comfortable a mansion as one could desire. There is any quantity of stuff lying around loose, and we had no difficulty in finding canvas to close up one end of the tent, and boards enough to floor it. Then we got a quantity of hay for bedding, and what more could we wish for? We expect our big Sibley tents along soon, but Bill and I are well enough off as we are. You know the rebel army occupied this place last winter and strongly fortified it. Their fortifications are on every side, very rough but very strong, and now covered with weeds. But a little ways from our camp, littering the railroad tracks and the ground on either side, is the wreckage of the railroad trains, destroyed by Jackson in the raid that culminated in the last Bull Run battle. In some places are great piles of shovel blades, in others carbines. In fact, almost everything in the shape of army supplies and equipments, nothing left but the irons. Nearby are the rebel log barracks, which we are tearing down for firewood. We have the entire division, now commanded by Sickles, here at Manassas, with about 30 pieces of artillery. I presume we will stay here some time, though it will depend in a great measure upon the movements of the main army. I see the mailbag has just gone out, so there is no chance for this to go today. I hear also that there are lots of apples outside our picket line, and I am going out to see about it. Letter 75 Camp on Centerville Heights Virginia, Sunday, November the 9th, 1862. 
You will see we have moved again. We remained at Manassas only two nights, when the second regiment was sent over here. Centerville Heights are four or five miles from Manassas, and like that place, strongly fortified. There are redoubts and rifle pits almost without end, and the rebel barracks form a veritable log city. We relieved the 120th New York, which we found here, and now have the whole thing to ourselves. It has been a busy camp since we arrived, as the approaching winter warns us to prepare for storms. The abandoned rebel camps are a rich quarry of building materials, boards, nails, bricks, etc., with which we have built a veritable shanty city on the ridge. Bill Ramsdell and I have put together one of the cutest little mansions that ever was. The ground dimensions are about seven feet by six, six feet high at the eaves. The fireplace and door take up the entire front, and the house is tight, snug, and warm. The fireplace works to a charm, and there is a delicious sensation of coziness in sitting by your own cheerful fireside. We have an unlimited supply of wood, and tonight we'll sit and bask and chat and dream. We have a long shelf across the rear end, a mantel shelf over the fireplace, and tomorrow we'll put in a bunk, a little table and some stools. Our fireplace is built up of flat rocks, the chimney of bricks, and topped out with a big iron kettle, minus a bottom. And our cabin has a good board floor. Now, if they will only let us stay here a while and enjoy the fruits of our labours, we will be a thousand times repaid. The winter season has fairly set in. Friday we had the first snow of the season, and it was bitter cold. I happened to be on guard that day, and I had a pretty bleak time of it. My post was in a redoubt, from which I had the whole country clear to the Blue Ridge, spread out before me like a map. The wind whistled and the snow blew, and, crouching under the protecting walls of the work, I tried to extract some comfort from the situation. When I went on at night, I decided to have a fire, and I gathered up wood and built a good one in one of the angles of the fort. It was a little irregular for a sentry on post, and still was the right thing under the circumstances, and I got lots of comfort out of it. From my post, I could trace the routes I followed on my two pilgrimages to Bull Run. A long wagon train has come up, going out to McLennan, and six companies are going along with it as a guard. I'm glad our company is not in the detail. They are to take four days' rations. The village of Centerville is close by our camp, a typical southern village of 25 or 30 houses, mostly deserted and all very dilapidated. It is now evening, and I have been writing in the glow of a good fire, just a few minutes ago, Bill got up and went out of doors. In a few minutes, the smoke was pouring into the room like a coal pit. I stood it till I was in danger of choking, then plunged outside just in season to see Bill dodge out of sight up the street and to find a big pan covering the top of the chimney. When Bill came in, I laid it to him and he owned up. He said he tried to peek into the tent but the smoke was so thick he couldn't see anything, 
and he waited until he thought I never would be driven out. Bill is a good deal of a character. He is smart, fine-looking, well-educated, and an adventurer, having spent many years in California. His home is in Milford, and he went to Portsmouth as a lieutenant in the Milford Company, and he was the best posted one in the line. When his company was broken up, he was too patriotic to back out, and after looking the ground over, he enlisted as a private in this company. This very day terminates one half of my enlistment, have turned the corner, and am now headed for home. Bill wants to go to bed, so good night. End of section 25